You are listening to sermon audio from Grace Community Church of Gresham, Oregon. For more information about service times and ways to connect, visit us online at gracecc.net. Happy Father's Day. Uh, Good morning to you, Grace Community Church. My name is Sean. For those of you I haven't got to meet, I'm uh, one of the elders here, and I also serve uh, on our preaching team. And so we will be spending some time together today in God's Word. We have been going through um, a a series in the book of Daniel, and um, typically uh, our pattern is is that we will preach through entire books of the Bible. So we'll just go chapter by chapter, verse by verse, and and preach through them. Uh, But this morning, because it's Father's Day, we're going to take a little bit of a detour from that. We will be in the book of Daniel, but we'll kind of be jumping around and pulling some some principles out from um, the book of Daniel. And so before we get into that, though, I want to say this. It's Father's Day. And for, for some of you, for some of us in this room, Father's Day is a, is a wonderful day. Um, it's a delightful day because um, maybe you had a godly father or have a godly father in your life. Maybe you even have had a series of godly men. You may have a godly dad and grandfather and, and great-grandfather maybe even. And so for you, when you think about Father's Day, it's a wonderful day because it's a day where you get to um, remember uh, what a blessing it was that, that God gave you a godly dad. Maybe for you it's a, it's a wonderful day because of that celebration. And so for you, I just want to say, we celebrate that with you. That is a wonderful and glorious and good thing. And we're, I'm thankful. I'm thankful for that for you. But for others of, of us in the room, um, Father's Day is painful. Um, maybe you didn't come from a, a godly home or, or a godly father and, and, and for you, maybe your, your home uh, was only, not only that, the, that your dad wasn't godly, but maybe he was even hurtful um, or abusive or maybe just absent. And so for you, today, Father's Day is not a day of celebration. It's a day where, where you're more filled with confusion and pain and, and maybe frustration. For me, that's, that's, that's kind of more how I identify with with Father's Day, um, my parents divorced when I was young. I was um, only about six or seven when they divorced. And my biological father was a drug addict um, and an alcoholic. So I only saw him a few times, really literally a handful of times um, in my life until he died about 10 years ago. Um, and I was raised with a man um, who became my stepfather who um, also w- wasn't a godly man. Um, he was um, a very hardworking and very smart man. And he taught me a lot about the value of hard work. I learned to work really hard at an early age, and I'm thankful for those lessons. But he was also a controlling and abusive and scary man. And so for me, Father's Day has never been that great of a day. It, it's been one that's been painful and, and hard. And, 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 and honestly, it's, it's one of those things that, that's just been difficult in my life. And so when the preaching team assigned um, me to get to preach on, on Father's Day, I was like, why me? You know, what, what are you guys thinking? They're smart guys, though. Uh, I trust them, but I wasn't sure. I'm like, what, what are you thinking? But as I began to process and pray and, and think through and begin to prepare for my time um, with us this morning, um, I actually started to get excited. And I started to be thankful for the opportunity to preach um, on Father's Day. And the reason is, is for this, um, because like many of you, I'm learning. I'm learning what it means to be a godly dad and a godly husband. And by God's grace, I'm getting better. 
There's a couple of places that I, I, I think we can learn from. And, and, and the first place is, is one of the greatest um, and most beautiful things to me about the gospel of Jesus, and that is the family of God that we have in Christ. Um, the Bible tells us that when we put our faith and our hope in Jesus, we get an entirely new family added to maybe even our, our own family. And so we get brothers and sisters in Christ. But, but the other thing that we get inside of Christ is, is moms and fathers as well. And so for me, learning to be a godly dad has involved a great amount of spending time with godly men. One of the, the guys in my life who um, has been a great influence on me, this is um, my Uncle Ralph. Um, this is him with his grandson. And my Uncle Ralph, he's not actually even my uncle. Uh, he was a man who was my uncle by marriage until my mom died about 10 years ago. And so he's not even my uncle anymore. I'm not even related to this guy really in any way, but he will always be my Uncle Ralph. He's like a dad to me. Um, he is generous and kind and caring and compassionate. He's one of the godliest men I know. When, whenever we spend time together, he, he's always pointing me toward Jesus. We, we're talking about God. We're talking about the Lord and life and, and what's happening. We talk about our fears and our, our, our failures, our, our hopes, our dreams. I'm so thankful for this man because he's one of the guys that I'm learning to be a godly dad and a godly husband and a godly um, man from. Another guy who comes to mind is, is um, Joby Busher. Um, for those of you that don't know him, Joby has been a part of this church since the beginning. He's an incredible man. Him and I got the opportunity to serve together on the elder team for a few years together. And this is a guy who I would um, choose to get to the elder meetings early because I knew I'd get to spend some time with Joby. And so um, often he was there early and, and so was I. And so sometimes we get 10, 15, maybe 20 minutes to just sit and talk together to just be together. Joby is an incredibly godly and good man. And I'm thankful for the time we've had together. I'm thankful and excited about the time we'll get to have together in the future. I love Joby deeply, and I know he loves me, and I'm thankful for him. And so these guys have meant so much to me. We've learned, I've learned so much about, about what it means to be a godly man and a godly, godly husband. And my prayer is, is that we would all men be those kinds of men here. Not only for your biological families, if you have them, but also for the family that God has given you in Christ. Because there are men in the room that need you. There are men in this room that need your influence in their life to teach them how to be that kind of man. The other place we learn, of course, is the Bible itself. Um, and that's what we're going to look at today. I've called this Wise Words for Dads um, and Men from Daniel. Ladies, there are certainly um, elements um, in this room that are going, are going to apply to you. Um, absolutely. But my charge this morning is mainly for you dads, mainly for you men. And so I guess my encouragement is to everybody in the room, there's something here for everybody. So don't check out if you're not a dad. Um, because... What Daniel's going to teach us this morning is important for um, all of our lives. But again, my charge is primarily for the men. And so I'm going to pray, and then we're just going to unpack some principles from the book of Daniel. So bow your heads with me, and let's pray. Dad, I thank you for this morning. I thank you for the opportunity to be in your word. I thank you for the opportunity to study it. I thank you that, that God, your word and your spirit literally changes everything about our lives. And so my prayer for, for all of us this morning, God, is that we would encounter your spirit, that we would encounter you, and that, God, because of that, something about our lives would be changed. 
God, we thank you for that. I pray for your spirit to work and move in this room. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, some principles from the book of Daniel. Um, The first thing that I see um, that that godly dads are about, that godly dads do, is they allow scripture um, to guide and influence their life. This is something we saw Daniel doing. We looked at this last week in chapter 9. It says this, In the first year of Darius, son of Xerxes, I, Daniel, understood from the scriptures according to the word of the Lord given to Jeremiah the prophet. Daniel is going to the Bible to orient and guide um, and, and help shape his life. And this is um, so, so, so important in our culture especially because our culture is constantly pushing and pulling on us in such a way that what was once bent and, and crooked and evil and everybody knew it is now beginning to be called straight and true and right and even good. And, and I was talking about this with some colleagues um, here this last week that not only that, but people are beginning to stand up and applaud things that are absolutely evil and wrong. And it's gone so far that if you're not standing up and applauding those things too, that something's wrong with you. And so if we aren't rooted in um, the word of God, man, our lives can get pushed and pulled and moved in such a way that even the way we think about God is wrong. And it's dangerous for us. And so something that godly dads do is they're constantly in the word of God. This is a a text we've talked about here But it's important, 2 Timothy 3.16, all scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped um, for every good work. Men, the Bible is where we go to get equipped to do our jobs. The Bible is where we go to learn how to be men. Back in the beginning, back in the beginning of Genesis, um, we're told that God created man and woman, male and female, in the image of God, he created them. And so we know that men and women are all created in God's glorious image. And because of that, we have immeasurable value. But God also created man and woman different and unique. And because of that, we have different and unique roles and responsibilities in life. And those things are things to be celebrated. Um, They're glorious things. And so not only um, do we learn what our roles um, are as, as, as husbands and wives, but we also learn what, what our Father God is like when we study his word. He is an example to us. And I know for a lot of guys, uh, uh, reading is tough. Not that you don't know how to read. I suspect most of you do. But, but not all guys like reading. I have friends that are like, I hate to read. And so the idea of opening the word of God and and pouring through its pages is just daunting to some of them. And I know it is to some of you as well. And and one of the great things about our technological age is we have all kinds of things that we can download right to our phones. Um, Different Bible apps you can use. And so my encouragement to you would be to find a Bible app that works for you. They have ones out there that will actually read the word of God to you. You can put it on in the car while you're driving and hear the word of God read over you. Usually you have kind of a weird accent to go with it, but... It's there. Um, one I like to use is called YouVersion. It's a great Bible app. Another one um, that I, I don't know, use personally, but um, I know men that do, is called He Reads Truth. Um, I've heard it's a fantastic Bible app. The Bible Project, something we've talked about here before, another great resource. Um, one devotional app that I personally use is called um, Solid Joys. It's put out by John Piper. He just takes a couple of verses and then he unpacks them for you. He challenges my thinking. He challenges um, what I'm learning. He, he causes me to think about God and, and think about scripture and think about life and thinking about being a dad and thinking about being a husband. 
Just something to start. It's a place to begin. We need to be um, in the word of God because when we know truth, we know the heart of God. And that helps us um, with our next point. And that's this, that's godly dads pray. Godly dads are about being um, with God, talking to him. We see this um, from Daniel also in chapter nine. We looked at this last week as well. Daniel says this, I turned to the Lord God and I pleaded um, with him in prayer. Um, Daniel was all about praying, and, and, and the way that he prays here, I think, is a good model for how dad should be praying. Um, and the first way we see dad's praying here, or Daniel praying here, rather, in verse 4, is that I prayed to the Lord my God and I confessed. Men, the first thing that we should be doing when we're going to God in prayer is confession. Is confession. Confession of our own sins, confession of our own fears, confession, uh, just confession. And you might be thinking to yourself, Sean, what does confessing have to do with being a godly dad? I'm reading this book right now by um, this pastor. His name is Doug Wilson, and um, this quote is from his book. He says this, The main threat against which a man must protect his wife and his kids is his own sin. He must protect them all, not only from outside threats, but also from a delinquent protector himself. Men, if we're not careful with the way that we live our lives, we can become delinquent protectors. We can not do our jobs well that God has called us to do as men, um, as fathers, and as husbands. And so one thing that we can do is confess our sins to God. We need to be honest about where we're at. We need to be honest about our failings and our shortcomings. Daniel goes on to pray later in this chapter for the people that he's been put over, for the nation that he's been exiled with. And that's our call as well, men, is to pray um, not only prayers of confession, but to pray um, for the people that we've been called to be over, our wives, our kids, our families. Um, This is what Paul's talking about over in Ephesians chapter 6. He says, and pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. We need to be praying all the time. We need to be praying for the salvation of our families. Um, parents, when your kids are young, maybe while you're still pregnant, dads, be praying that the Spirit of God would move in the hearts and lives of your kids. We need to be praying um, that they would be rescued from sin, both their own and other people's. We need to be praying um, for protection over them because the world, frankly, is a scary and dangerous place. We need God's protection on our lives. And we also need to be praying um, for their suffering And this is kind of a hard prayer to pray sometimes, I think, because I think none of us as parents, if we're honest, we want to think, man, I really want my kids to suffer. Nobody feels that way. But the reality is, is in this world, suffering happens, doesn't it? Sometimes suffering happens because of our own sin. Sometimes suffering happens because of other people's sin. And sometimes suffering happens because it's a broken and fallen world and suffering happens here. And so as as dads, we need to be praying that our kids um, would suffer well. I've heard Francis Chan talking about this. That, that we need, maybe the prayer isn't that my kid won't suffer, but that God, when the suffering comes, God, would you, would you sustain them through it? Would you keep them close to you? Would you cause them to suffer well for your glory and for their own good? This is hard. This is really hard. Um, aside from, from praying for their suffering and, and trusting God there, we also need to trust God with the outcome of our prayers. 
don't we? He's God, we're not. He's sovereign, we're not. And so we need to be willingly trusting God with his world, with his people, with his kids, which he's given to you for a while, which are your kids. Um, But this can be hard. Um, I have two kids, a 15-year-old son and a 17-year-old daughter. I pray for them all the time um, about everything. But there's times in my life when I'm praying for something that's going on in their heart or in their life, and it's so hard to sit and wait on God. But that's what we need to be doing. We need to be trusting. Uh, Some friends of mine and I were out at a uh, restaurant here recently, and we were just having, having a meal there at the restaurant, and uh, the server was talking to us, and, and um, she was telling us about her family. We just were kind of get to know her a little bit, and she found out that we're Jesus guys. We're from, from a, a, a local church here, and so she's a believer as well. And so she begins to tell us about her family and how she's raising her grandkids. And one of the guys that, that was with us, he asked her, he said, well, that probably wasn't your plan. You know, you want to tell me about that? And she said, yeah, it, it wasn't our plan. Um, but my daughter somehow has just, just gotten off. And so she is living in another city far away and she's actually working as a prostitute. Suffering. Sadness. This woman is a believer. She's faithfully praying for her daughter that she would be healed and rescued and restored and redeemed brought back to relationship with her own kids. She asked us to pray with her there. We prayed right there with her in the restaurant. It was awesome. Um, And I pray for this woman when I think about her. But this is what godly dads do. They pray for the people around them. They pray for their wives. They pray for their kids. And they trust God um, with the outcome. The next thing we're going to look at here is um, is this, and that's um, that godly dads live in authentic faith. They live out of an authentic faith. Um, we saw this back in chapter 10 when, when King Darius had tricked, um, had been tricked rather into issuing a decree that if anyone bowed down to anything or anyone other than him, they would be um, killed. They would be thrown into the lion's den. And um, back in chapter six, we see Daniel's response to this. It says, when Daniel learned that the decree had been published, he went home to his upstairs room where the windows opened toward Jerusalem. Three times a day, he got down on his knees and prayed, giving thanks to God, just as he had always done. This wasn't something new for Daniel. Daniel wasn't in crisis mode, and so he's on his knees praying to God. This is what Daniel always did, because Daniel was an authentic guy who loved God with all that he is, and his faith came out in everything he did. Um, Daniel, you remember when he would get called in before kings, Daniel always was looking for opportunities to talk about the Lord. He would praise God for the fact that God could interpret dreams. He talked about God all the time. It influenced everything he did. And so he had excellence and integrity in the way that he served. And he served well. A guy I think of, um, when I think of a guy like this, is Clint Stewerhoff, my buddy right over here. Clint, um, for those of you that don't know him, he is a great man. He is a godly dude. He's hilarious. Um, Recently, we were all together over at his house uh, having a meal around the table. And after dinner, we, we kind of cleared the food away. We didn't leave the table at all. We still sat there. And, and honestly, there were times in that night we were like crying. We were laughing so hard. It was a great night together. And Clint, you're funny. <laughs> He's a funny dude. But Clint also loves God with all that he is. He has um, such an authenticity about his faith that it influences everything he does. It affects the way that his wife and him run their business together. It affects the way that he has parented. It affects, it affects the way that he still relates to his own um, children and his wife. 
Um, I'm told that, that uh, him and his son were telling me a story about how they were driving down the road. They work together now. They were driving down the road, and um, his son actually was calling, calling Clint out on some things because he needed to be rebuked on something, and his son did that. Clint's authenticity in the way that he has lived his life has influenced everyone around him, including and especially his wife and his kids. I'm thankful for that man. I'm thankful for that man um, because the reality is, is we need to be like that ourselves. Um, so my question for you this morning is this. Um, men, does the way that you live your life and the way that you act and behave throughout the week match what you say you believe in all areas? For some of you, um, I look around at your faces and I see you and I, I know many of you and I know that the answer is absolutely yes. Not that you do it perfectly because no, nobody does. But by God's grace, yes, you love God with all that you are. You're serving him with all that you are. The authenticity of your faith is coming out in everything you do, and it's impacting those around you. Um, I want to say to you on behalf of your wives and your kids and those around you, um, thank you. Thank you for being, for being that authentic about your faith. I also want to thank you on behalf of me because when I see you guys living life that way, when I hear your stories, it encourages me. It encourages me to, to keep swinging, to get out there and do the hard work. Sometimes life is not easy. And sometimes I don't always feel like working. I don't always feel like doing the things that God calls us to do. But you're an example to me, and I'm thankful for that. My encouragement to you is to keep, to keep going. But for others of us in this room, I, I know in a group this size, if you're honest with yourself, if I ask you that same question, does your life match what you say you believe? And the answer is probably no. Um, this is a hard place to be in. And, and, and I know that, that, that many of you are actually in that spot because I've been in that spot myself. I've been in a spot where I was a follower of God. Um, but man, I grieve the spirit all the time. I broke fellowship with our father because of the things I would choose to do. I wasn't willing to look at my own sin and confess and repent and move on and get healing and restoration. And so my encouragement to you men this morning is, man, you need to stop living the way that you're living. And I know it can be fearful. I've been there myself. But the fact is, is that you don't have to do it alone. Um, you have the power of the Holy Spirit. You have the gift of the church family that we all have here in this room. You have the word of God itself in your life. If you're not connected to this church or you're not connected to somebody in the room, um, man, I encourage you to get connected. This is what Jay was talking about a couple of weeks ago when he was talking about discipleship um, and mentor. And it's so, so important. And I say it strongly like that because it's important for your lives, not only for your relationship for you with God, but also for your relationship with your kids and for your wives if you're married. Godly dads are about being in the word. They're about praying. They're about living an authentic life. And they're about having honest and difficult conversations, um, even and especially if it's awkward. Um, we see this back in chapter 2. Um, You'll remember with me what's going on here is Nebuchadnezzar is the king and uh, he's had a dream that's just absolutely terrified him. And he's called all of his wise men around to, to come and, and tell him about his dream, to interpret his dream for him. And nobody can do it. And so the king, guy had an anger problem. He just flies off the handle and he, he issues his kill order for all the wise men. It's like, you can't interpret my dream, then you're gonna die. 
And so this is what happens. When Arioch, the commander of the king's guard, had gone out to put the, to death the wise men of Babylon, Daniel spoke to him with wisdom and tact. He asked the king's officer, why did the king issue such a harsh decree? Arioch then explained the matter to Daniel. Daniel goes on after this to meet with the king himself. Daniel was a guy that was willing to go have hard conversations, um, even if it was awkward. And this is something that godly dads do. I've thought through a million stories that I could tell you um, from my own life conversations I've had with my own kids um, about this. Um, uh, I thought about telling you about the time when I had, you know, the talk with my 15-year-old son, Spencer. He was a lot younger, of course, when we, when we had this talk. Um, it was hilarious um, and a little awkward, and I didn't even use props. Um, but I thought about a conversation we had a couple weeks ago. We were driving, uh, him and I had gone to the movies, and we were driving in the car, and um, I'm asking him about his life, school's ending um, for the year, finals are coming up, there's a lot of pressure, and, and I'm asking him about friends and friendships, and, and so then I ask him about, about girls, about dating, and I'm like, hey, bud, you know, is there, are you interested in anybody? Is there anybody interested in you, even though I know there is? He's a handsome dude, so... Um, and he gets a little, like, a uh, little rigid there in the car, and he, we start talking through it a little bit, and, and then we kind of get through the end of that conversation. I said, hey, does that bother you that I ask you that? And he said, um, yes and no. And I said, well, why, why does it bother you? And he said, well, it bothers me because, you know, Dad, honestly, if there's girls I'm interested in or my dating life as a 15-year-old um, man boy, he's like, it's none of your business, Dad. You know, <laughs> you need to stay out of that part of my life. Um, but he said, you know, in some ways it doesn't bother me um, because honestly, dad, I know that your motives are that you love me, you care for me, you want what's good for me. And honestly, dad, if, if God gives me a son one day and, and he's 15 and I'm roughly your age, I know I'm gonna wanna have the exact same kind of conversations with him. Godly dads talk to um, their kids. Um, I think men can fall into a couple of traps in regards to talking to their kids and also other areas. On one hand, I think some dads fall into the trap of just being passive, of not having the conversations, not choosing to talk uh, because it's awkward or they're worried about how their kid might respond. And so they, in, instead of engaging, they just don't say anything. On the other hand, I think sometimes we see dads that, that are, are, are aggressive and harsh and they're willing to engage, but they're at a half yell all the time. And they're constantly riding their kids to, to do different, to be better. But they're doing it in a way that's harsh and mean and unloving. Both are wrong. Um, both are wrong. We're called as godly dads to, to be all about um, engaging them lovingly, honestly, in conversations, even um, and especially if it's awkward. And so we should be talking all the time about all kinds of things with our kids, about their behavior, about the disrespect that they just threw you or your wife or somebody else. We need to be talking to them about their faith and what God's doing in their lives. We need to be talking to them about their school and their school work. We need to be talking about their friends and the fact they need to get in there and clean the room because you know it's disgusting in there and it needs some attention. Um, we need to be talking to them about marriage and the way godly marriages look and the dangers of drug and alcohol abuse and the beautiful thing that God created in sex inside of a marriage between one man and one woman together for life. And the Lord himself, the Bible talks about all of these things, and so we as godly dads need to be talking about all of these things. Um, one of the great um, chapters, verses, back in Deuteronomy 6, many of you know this well, it says this, love the Lord your God with all of your heart and with all of your soul and with all of your strength. 
These commandments that I give you today, they are to be on your hearts. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road and when you lie down and when you get up. What this is saying is is that, men, we should be talking about these things all of the time. You don't have to sit down and make an appointment and, and schedule it and sit down and have a nice formal conversation with your kids. It could be when you're driving home on the freeway from a movie you and your son had just gone to. We should be talking about these things all of the time. And so the question I have for you this morning is, are you talking to your kids? Are you talking to your wives? Are you asking them about how things are going? Are you checking in with them? Are you rebuking them where they rightfully need to be rebuked? And are you doing it in a loving and honest way? The other question I have that goes along with this is, are you hearing from your kids? Um, Sometimes as dads, we, we forget the fact that we need feedback too and we're going along through life thinking things are fine. And maybe there's some significant areas in your life that only your kids can speak into. And so maybe you need to just ask them, how am I doing as a dad? Are there areas that I need to change in? They might ask you to change in some things that you're not willing to change in because you shouldn't. But the reality is, is we as dads, we need to be willing to grow and change and work toward becoming godly and better dads. And so sometimes that means asking our kids what they think and then listening to their responses Sometimes I think parents don't talk to their kids. Sometimes I think dads don't even try because they think, my kid doesn't want to listen to me anyway. He doesn't really care what I think right now. And the fact is that might be true in the moment. Um, I printed some, or had printed some resources on the back of your note sheets on the bottom. There's a few books there that that I had printed um, for you. Books that meant something to me. Some of them are kind of old, but they meant a lot to me when I was raising kids, especially when they were young. But one of the books back there that I talk about is called, um, Yes, Your Teen is Crazy. Um, The subtitle is Loving Your Kids Without Losing Your Mind. Um, This is a fantastic book. It's written by probably the foremost authority on adolescent um, behavior and development. Um, Very smart dude. He knows what he's talking about. I will tell you this is not a Christian book. Um, It is very gritty and raw, and he uses um, harsh language because, frankly, dealing with teens can be that way sometimes. But I would also recommend that if you are engaged with teens at all in any way, teachers, teachers, principals, youth workers, parents, grandparents, however that looks, you probably should read this book. It's a great resource. Um, But this guy who is the foremost author um, on adolescence, he, he says this, he says that your kids will listen to you more than anybody else in their lives. Um, Dads, your kids will listen to you more than they listen to their friends, more than they listen to their peer groups, more than listen to culture or media or society. You are the greatest influence on your kids' lives. So talk to them. Spend time with them. Um, Be around them. Uh, The last thing we're going to look at here is that that godly dads are faithful always. Um, This is a pattern we see in Daniel's life from the time he's a young man exiled in Babylon till the time that he is an old man. Gary Brashears talked about this last week. Um, Faithfulness is long obedience in the same direction, and it's one of the best gifts that you can give your wife and your kids. And the reason is, is two, twofold, I think. Number one, it's that God is faithful to us, isn't he? God's always faithful to us. And the other reason is, is that when we are faithful to our kids and to our wives, we model something about God our Father, and in doing so, we teach our wives and our kids something about God. So we need to be faithful to them. So what does faithfulness look like? A few things. Um, Faithfulness looks like loving without expectation. It's that 1 Corinthians 13 kind of love. 
This verses get mentioned all the time at, at weddings and, and talked about between husband and wives. That's important and good and true. But it also applies to our, our relationships with our kids. It says that, that love is patient. Dads, we should be patient. It says we should be kind and not rude and not easily angered. And it goes on to say this, dads, that love always protects, always trusts, always hopes, and always perseveres. Love never fails. Men, can you imagine what our homes and what our communities and maybe even our whole world would look like if every dad loved like this inside of their homes? Um, we need to be faithful by loving without expectation. We also need to be faithful by not betraying um, trust. You need to honor your word, dads. If you say you're going to do something, then you need to do it. Um, my encouragement to you is if there's anything that you think you're not going to be able to fulfill, then don't even mention it because it sets up for pain later in the lives of your kids and your wife. If I'm honest, I think dads probably let their kids down more than moms do. I think it's probably true in my home. Men, be faithful by honoring your word. Um, Be faithful also by having realistic expectations of your kids. Have realistic, age-appropriate expectations of your kids. I think dads also do this sometimes where they expect too much. Kids are just kids. They're learning. They're growing. Yes, we need to have standards, but, but let them be guided by how old the kids are and what God's word says. Sometimes it's harder when they get to the teen years because they're adult size, so we have adult size expectations of them. And like I said before, they're crazy. They're, they're still learning. They're still growing. Their brain is literally still developing. So grant some grace there. Um, be realistic with your expectations. And then the last thing is this, that faithfulness means always, always, always pursuing relationship with your kid. Always. And I know that different circumstances of life are going to look differently. Um, one of my, my best friends, Matt Patrick, um, him and I meet regularly. We talk through life. We do life together. And, and um, him and I were talking about his relationship with his daughter, Caitlin. And don't worry, I talked to Caitlin ahead of time too. But there were some years there when she was a teen, when she was um, coming through her middle teen years, like in high school and stuff, where, man, they, things were tough for them. They didn't get along well. Caitlin was super obnoxious. Um, I'm sure Matt was too at times. Um, But one of the most amazing thing is, is that when I talk to them now, both of them, they would both tell you their relationship is better than it's ever been. And one of the reasons that's true is because Matt has continued to pursue relationship with his daughter. Um, Continue to love her, continue to walk toward her, continue to pour into her life. And dads, that's what we need to to be about. That's how we can be faithful um, to our kids. I'm not saying that the pain isn't real or that we should just excuse sin. We shouldn't. But we should continue to walk toward um, relationship with our kids because here's the thing. If your kids and you are still alive walking around on this earth, there is always, always, always hope for reconciliation and restoration of relationship. Some of you need to hear that this morning. You need to pursue relationship with your kids and be faithful to them in that way. I'm going to close with this. I'll invite the worship team up now. My question for you now is, um, men, what do you do if you haven't been faithful? Because I know some of you haven't been faithful. I know some of you are, are sitting here thinking, well, what do I do now? Sean, I'd like to be those things, but I'm not. Here's the thing about our gracious Heavenly Father. He is eager to forgive you. He wants you to come to him. And because of the work that Christ did on the cross and and, and, and then was raised again three days later and we have an empty tomb to celebrate, you can be forgiven. You can have a whole brand new life. That's what he does is he makes all things new. 
That's what God wants to do for you and in you. And so my encouragement to you is to just repent. Um, We're gonna have our prayer teams up here on the sides here in just a moment. Come take communion. Come spend some time in prayer with them. And maybe when you leave here, maybe what you do is you go home and and you just confess to your kids and you say, you know what, I I need forgiveness. And I don't mean a backhanded apology like, I'm sorry if you felt hurt that, you know, that I talked to you kind of harshly. I mean saying something like, I know that I have been harsh, inappropriately so. Will you forgive me for being that way to you? Maybe you need to say, will you forgive me for being absent in your life, even if it was just emotionally? And what kind of a Father's Day could it be? Seek reconciliation, pursue relationship with them because there is always, always, always hope. Thank you for listening to Sermon Audio from Grace Community Church. For more information about service times and ways to connect, visit us online at gracecc.net.